Hello, and welcome to episode 19 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we're here to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, a whole bunch of little topics this week. Uh, we're going to touch on a little bit of everything. Yeah, so we did, we did a lot. We watched a little. We, yep. have, we have opinions. We do have opinions. That is something we're not short of. Yes, that's why you tune in. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter at Casual Tripod. Yep, you can find us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. And you can email us at casualtryhardmtg at gmail.com. This is our uh, our weekly ask for interaction. Be like Nick. Send an email. <laughs> yeah, send an email. Let us know what you think. Tell us if there's something specific you want to hear about. Your input will greatly improve the quality of this podcast. Because otherwise, it's just me and Brian having a Which, I mean, is, is awesome. Sure, but... We had a lot of time to talk this weekend after... Uh, our MCQ that was three hours away, which required me to wake up at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah, you just kind of went along for the ride, though. You didn't actually have to drive. I'd have to was, actually drive. You, 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 <laughs> had, you had the harder job of the two of us. But yeah, it was, it was early. Yeah, so we had uh, three hours to chit-chat on the way there and three hours to chit-chat on the way home. And we got opinions, Dan. We it. got opinions. So I guess uh, I'll start. I'm not going to the Pro Tour. Are you going to the Pro Tour? Um... Well, it's not a pro tour anymore. I'm sorry. The Mythic Championship? Yeah, I'm not going to the Mythic Championship. We're not going to the chip, unfortunately. Yeah. We both finished a respectable 4-4. Four and four. It's respectable, sure. We were in the top 50%, like, by a good chunk. It was uh, 148 players yeah. or something, once the, the people that no-showed yeah. uh, were ca- accounted for. Yeah. So we were in the top half. Yeah. Where'd you come in? Oh, you just rub, rub, rub my nose in it. 59th. Ooh, Where did you come in? I came in 57th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just eked it out there. Yeah. You started 4-1? and one. I did. I started, like, my day was going great. Started off 4-1. and one. Um, I had a loss second round to Esper Control mm-hmm. and was just wrecking nerds all morning long. And then the afternoon happened. Then the afternoon happened and I didn't win another match. I started out three and one. Funny story, on our way up, I was reading tweets, mm-hmm. and someone tweeted out that they made it to, like, ninth rank in Mythic, but they hadn't taken a picture of their uh, of their profile page before they lost to, quote, the Arcbow deck. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is the Arcbow deck? I don't know what this is. Like, I was like, I was like it doesn't say an Arcbow deck. So no, it was it's the Arcbow the deck. The Arcbow deck. And we were so trying to figure it out on the way to this tournament. What is the Arcbow deck? Well, Ralph found out round two. Yeah. Uh, the Arcbow deck apparently always hits a frilled mystic when you cast your four color, when you cast your command the Dreadhorde in your four color command deck to yeah. destroy them. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, like, that's fine. I'm going to just cast this and just like spin the wheel, hit a frilled mystic. Next game, I was like, all right. I have this Brontodon. I can blow up this uh, Arcbow, but I think they just have the Frilled Mystic, mm-hmm. and I'm going to need a blocker to not die after they Frilled Mystic my command. <laughs> so I was like, Command. I tapped six mana and activated the Arcbow, and I was like, This can't happen again. <laughs> Played a Frilled Mystic, and I looked at him and I said, Every time. And I just Every picked time. up my cards, and we were done there. I was like, yep. Yeah, I can't, I can't win now. Yep. Like, this was backbreaking. I could have blocked in like about a turn, but I was broken. So what were you playing this weekend? I was playing um, Andre Strasky's four color command deck. Mm-hmm. It's a 
the most ambitious mana base in history, perhaps? It's a little greedy. I had uh, mentioned on the way there that the mana base looked a little greedy. Yeah, then I showed you the mana base, and yeah. it's got, like, the sweet one of Isolated Chapel, one of Drowned Catacombs, one of Godless Shrine. Yeah. With... Four underground, uh, overgrown tombs, four woodland cemeteries. Zero basics. Zero basics, yeah, I got... Settle the Wreckage is apparently still a standard legal magic card. It is. You didn't remember that from last week's episode where I told you about getting settled? Yeah, but you don't think it's gonna... Like, I've got, like, three nerds. I've got to attack my Esper Control player, and he's like, settle, and I just... Put all my guys in exile and said, your turn. I did not even reach <laughs> for my deck to go get a basic. I was like, nope. Yeah, none there. None there. I think deck is good. Mm-hmm. I don't think I played the right version. Mm-hmm. When I got back, we had talked about cutting the weight and playing yeah. like just more of a Sultai version. Yeah. In the car ride on, yeah. on the way home, we had talked about And I, I uh, dedication to the cause, I got my four wins after the MCQ, I stayed up till three o'clock in the morning testing decks. Yeah, we got home at uh, like twelve thirty. We got yeah, home. got four wins with that, and I don't think it was built right. What I did find is Hydroid Crisis is good. Shocker. Yeah, the the deck floods out, and you just need a way to like catch back up, mm-hmm. and it gives you a way to to catch back up when you have like you're like oh I have ten lands on the battlefield, like I can draw a Crisis or a command, it'll be okay. But yeah, it was it was fine. I lost to the card Thief of Sanity. Both times I played Esper, they played Thief of Sanity on turn three, and I didn't draw one of my seven answers for it. Yeah, that's rough. And then just died. So, and then my mono red opponent drew 50 cards in our game. That's also rough. I uh, played mono red and drew 50 cards against an Esper control player and lost. If I would have drawn one of my two sleepers, I think he was out of ways to deal damage. I had gained 24 life that game. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a plus. Mm-hmm. So, four three. Uh, but you know, even if we would have won, we just got like a case of uh, yeah, more the start pro- spark price product structure was awkward to say the least. Yeah, so fifty seventh and fifty ninth, we're winners, and we got three packs. Yeah, our, one uh, pack for each hour it took to drive there. <laughs> exactly. Well, half a pack. Half what? a pack to get back. Yeah. Yeah, we get we got seven cards for each half hour. Yeah. Our friend Logan did really well. Cool, six and two. Six and two came in eighteenth. Mm-hmm. Walked away with six packs. So we He's finished, only twice as good as us. Uh, <laughs> we finished uh, forty spots behind him. Yes, and he got three extra packs for his trouble. Yeah, was it? Uh, it was sixteenth, twelve packs. Yeah, yeah. It was rough. It was interesting. Yeah, but as uh, Will Pullen tweeted out, there was pinball. There was, in fact, pinball. Yeah, the venue was nice. Yeah. It was a cool store. If I would have picked up my fourth loss earlier, I may have gone into the play Street Fighter and House of the Dead bracket and yeah. just like <laughs> disappeared and like spent forty dollars playing video games from my youth. But uh, into the arcade, I was still like, I still had dreams of of stuff and things. <laughs> when I went to like three two, I was like ride the lightning. Then like, was it? I forget how I got there. It was it was it was uh, it was a blur. Yeah, it was a long day. Yes. A lot of magic was played. Yeah, like I said, you picked me up at 6 a.m., mm-hmm. and I got home at midnight. Yeah. So it was what, 18 hours of either driving slash riding or playing magic. Yep. Well, I guess we did work uh, the traditional 
post tournament outback in yes, there. Yes, we did. We so there was some did. outback. Yeah. So it wasn't all misery. You got to have traditions. You got to have traditions, and it's uh, a bloom and onion for the table, <laughs> and ordering way more food than you can actually eat. Uh, that was a pretty good steak, though. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I enjoyed my food. Yeah. I still haven't eaten my cheesecake. <laughs> oh, I did. I ate mine for breakfast this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen like the commercial where like they show the cereal and then the cheesecake as part of a balanced breakfast. <laughs> I never said it was balanced. I said it was my breakfast. Have you seen me? Does it look like I don't like to eat? <laughs> I'm not going to follow that up. I only lead to like bad things. So we did that. So Saturday we were off uh, in the world of trying to qualify for a mythic championship. Yep. Uh, we weren't the only ones. There were a lot of like, uh, Brian Gottlieb from arena Deckless podcast was like, mm-hmm. got nine missed top eight on breakers. Oof. PTQs are back. Baby was yeah. like the quote. And like, it's awful. Yeah, that is awful. <laughs> I would have been much grumpier. Yeah. So we didn't get to watch a lot of the SEG event. I didn't watch any of it. I spent yesterday with my wife and, didn't have a chance to watch any of. I hung out with my wife. Uh, I was listening to it on and off, like when we went to the store and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I guess the story of the tournament was uh, super friends are super. Yeah. So there were three Jeskai super friends lists mm-hmm. in the top eight. Yep. And then two more Esper super friends in the. Uh, Top 25, I didn't bother to look to the second page. Yeah. My co-host did, so good it work. Gives you the general general just. Yeah. There's um, really not much difference. Team top. Lotus Box put two players in the top eight on the exact same 75 of yep. Jeskai. Yeah. I think they ended up cutting Fibble Fip for, like, some cheap removal. I think that's what most people were doing anyway, but, yeah, no no Fibble Fip. Yeah, it's like Shocks and Spell Pierce and yep. Lightning Strike. They, and then uh, they did keep the Mox Ambers, though, which is kind of odd. That was one of the reasons that they were going to Fibble Fip. I had someone Sahili Mox Amber me, then Shock, and that was their only blue source. Was I mean, the red source was their Mox Amber. Yeah. And I was like, huh, okay. So that deck seems real. Again, like I feel like the Super Friends decks have a ceiling. Yeah. And that ceiling is Elder Spell. Mm hmm. They can they can only be so good right. until they just get like wiped out by main deck elder spells. Yeah, you lost to someone at the uh, MCQ that was on Esper and they had built their deck in such a way that they could never ever ever lose to red. Yeah, yeah. The uh, my opponent actually told me that um, he plays exclusively on Arena, so his Esper control list is the Arena Esper control list. Which is built to not lose to Mono Red. It's main deck Othakaya and Cry of the Carnarium and Absorbs, and it just main deck Kaya just does not lose to Mono Red. In the same way, if the Super Friends deck gets too big, yeah. there's going to be a deck that plays the Elder Spell yeah. and just eats that deck for lunch. Right. So there's definitely like a ceiling, but it's a really good deck. It, yeah. It has, like, the Sarkin for, like, as, like we were saying last week, like, Sarkin lets you turn the corner mm-hmm. real fast. Well, I mean, you, you don't just turn the corner. You turn the corner and the finish line's right there. Yeah, like, you just slam the door on people. So that was kind of the breakout deck was those mm-hmm. those decks. Yep. And then it wouldn't be a standard tournament if there weren't 
five mono red decks in the top 25. Uh, yeah, there's three of them in the top eight. Yeah, so the top eight was three Jeskai Super Friends, three mm-hmm. mono reds, one Esper Super Friends. And one Esper Midrange. Yeah, and that was played by Kenta. Yep. Is that the guy who always plays fairies? I don't know who that is. I, I think he's he's a I think he's an old timey magic pro, but Kenta okay. Hirokia? Hiroki? Something like that, yeah. I know at one point um uh Esper Midrange versus uh Jeskai Super Friends in the mm-hmm. top eight. Like if it was just like two players in an even match, I would take Kenta over uh Zan Syed, no problem. Yeah. But the deck uh, so favors Zan yeah. on Jessica. It doesn't really matter, but like it was one of those like Kenta's the better player here. Yeah. So it was like those decks were the, the big thing. The rest of this you had Is It Phoenix and Bant were like the next like yeah. decks on the first page. Yeah. Uh, Is It Phoenix was ninth in the hands of Kevin Jones and Bant looks like 12th with Jonathan Hobbs. Yeah. And then, you know, peppered out through the rest of the top 25. Yeah, so kind of the normal stuff you would expect. Yep. There was, a uh, looks like four Dreadhorde decks yeah. that weren't in, like, top 16. They were finished, like, just outside. Well, there was one. One, one was 14. One was 14. We're going to talk about them a little bit Yeah. later on. Yep. In the Classic. Yeah, it was a whole different metagame over in the Classic, huh? To some degree. There was a lot less Planeswalkers, that's There's sure. There's a lot, a lot less Planeswalkers. I don't know if all the Super Friends people just day and then... Yeah. They didn't need, they, they weren't over there. Yeah. But, you know, tried and true, there were five mono reds in the top 16. Yeah. Uh, looks like Bant Nexus hit top eight also, which was nowhere to be seen. In, uh, yeah. Because, like, I think when you are playing a, a bunch of, against a bunch of Super Friends decks, yeah. Nexus is bad. Yeah. You're like, oh, little Teferi, I can never win. Right. Oh, cool. Thanks for playing, everyone. Guess what happens when there's no Super Friends in the classic? You get Esper is good. You get the cast Nexus with no yeah. problems. It seems like Mono Reg is going to like hang around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, kind of talked about this on our car ride also about how uh, like Mono Reg just kind of been a deck for a while now. And so we were talking about like Mono Red being around for a long time, right? We had the Mono Red deck. We had Ramen Up Red that got a, an uncommon land. Yeah. And a dinosaur preemptively banned. Yeah. <laughs> Deck was still good. Yeah. And then we lose a bunch of those cards. And or we when we get ready to lose those cards, we get Dominaria. Yeah. Right? Where we get Chain Whirler, who, you know, shadow banned all X1s from standard. Yeah. With everything out with kind of like we'll put a little bit of discard in the deck and mm-hmm. unlicensed disintegration, we'll call it good. Yeah. That deck was great. I love that deck. And then the red deck that we currently have, like, the core of the deck hasn't changed. Right. It's Dominaria. It's Wizards Lightning, Getu Lava Runner, Vaishino Pyromancer. It's all stuff. Chain right? Whirler. Yeah, Chain Whirler, Dominaria. Right, like, they've gotten upgrades, like, Light Up the Stage and uh, Skewer and Experimental oh, yeah. Frenzy. Like, yeah. But, like, the core of the deck is just this, like, pile of cards that have been legal for a year mm-hmm. that have just been getting played for a year. Yeah. It is kind of a, a boot on the format. Mm-hmm. There's all this cool, fun stuff to do. Yeah, it's, the mono red decks keep you honest, right? They keep everything in check. You can't you can't play around too much because when you just kind of dirtle and do nothing, here comes red to run you over. 
So I, I have a I have a point with the dirtling. Okay. Sometimes, <laughs> like last night, you cast a three two Merfolk branch walker and it gets shocked. And you cast a four three Jade Light Ranger on your turn three, gets lightning struck, and you die on turn four before you get to play your fourth land. That's a problem. Yeah. That's I was, red. You're not supposed to be able to, like, kill my creatures and still kill me on turn four. You said that was through a Soren too, right? No, that was a, that was another one. Oh, was it was one. another game. I played a Soren, and they wasted two burn spells and an attack on the Soren and still killed me on turn five. And I'm like, this isn't supposed to happen. <laughs> You're supposed to be gated on cards or mana. And it's like, nope, I have a steam can and I drew a frenzy. I have... No limits. And I'm like, yeah. oh, cool. <laughs> the limit is the 60th card in my deck. Yes, yeah, like I'm, I'm really glad I sat down to participate in this game of digital <laughs> magic. I got the authentic magic experience. <laughs> but yeah, so it really does limit what you can do. Mm-hmm. And like we were saying, like you have this like top end limiting factor of like Esper control that if you are kind of mid rangey to mm-hmm. beat red and be that like step bigger. Yeah. Esper control just smushes you. Right. And, you know, so you either have to be low to the ground, you have to either be the monster, mm-hmm. or you get smushed by the other monster. You're just, like, in this, like, vice. I was and the monster. You, it's fine. Like, I should just be the monster, but I'm, like, trying to do cool stuff. <laughs> hey, man, I'm about to switch over and try to do some cool stuff. I'm uh, about sick of playing mono red, I think. Yeah, it, that'll, that'll happen. So... We were kind of going through, and another thing that Arena has done has made, like, the new hotness. There's a new hotness, like, every two days. Uh, Not even every two days. Sometimes it's quicker than that. Before last week's podcast, I recorded the new hotness. I recorded, like, a Jeskai, one of the Jeskai Planeswalker builds, like, the John Rolfe deck. And it was the, the new hotness that had come out on Friday. Oh, by Wednesday... I mean, that deck was still good, mm-hmm. clearly, based on the results, but we were on four-color Command the Dreadhorde. Yeah, this deck is sweet. When you first look at the deck, it looks like a complete and utter pile. Yeah, it's literally just a pile of cards. Um, there's no overt synergies to be had. It can't really be considered a good stuff deck because... Some, some of your stuff's not great. ...aren't good. It's not really a super friends list because, like, the friends that you play don't really play well together. It's kind of like you're angry neighbors. But the deck is actually really cool. Can we petition Star City to start calling the deck angry neighbors? Hey, man. You can name it whatever you want on your deck red sheet. Hey, Nick Miller. <laughs> get angry in the, neighbors. Get in the sideboard and, like, start calling this angry neighbors. Angry neighbors. So, basically, it plays the uh, classic Wild Growth Walker plus... Uh, explore creatures. Yeah. So it plays Jade Light Ranger and Murphic Branch Walker. Mm-hmm. And then it plays a hodgepodge of Planeswalkers. Yeah. And it depends on the build. We're going to talk a little bit about that here. So there's the Andre Strosky build, which was kind of the first one to get popular. Yeah. That's playing the Explore creatures, four little Teferis, four Tamios, three Varaskas. Uh, and two big Teferis. Mm-hmm. It plays two Paradise Druids because the mana base is A+. So ambitious to say the least. Yes. And then uh, 
plays two massacre girls. Mm-hmm. Just and as a way to like clean up. It's a way to clean up. Card is like secretly like ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, plays uh, four command the dread horse. Mm-hmm. And so you're exploring stuff to your graveyard and gaining life, hopefully, with your Wild Growth Walker. Tameo lets you bring back those things that you explored away yeah. or just fill your graveyard more. Mm-hmm. And then your other planeswalker, like Teferi, is there to just buy you enough time to make things happen. Mm-hmm. Well, Tameo's there to help dig towards your commands, right? Yeah, Tameo lets you find your commands. Teferi lets you buy time. Yeah. Uh, Vraska... You know, it's just general utility unless you kill something small. Teferi. Big Teferi is big Teferi. Yeah. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get to a point in the game where you've, like, traded stuff off mm-hmm. and just generally done, like, played a game and explored. And you just want to command the Dreadhorde and get back some number of wild growth walkers and explore creatures and then everything else you can get. Yeah, every planeswalker. You, you want to go to one life every time and then just let your wild growth walker and your explore creatures bring you back up mm-hmm. and you know command can be commands usually a four or five for one mm-hmm. i've had it be a nine or ten for one Ooh. and usually we progress to scoop phase at that point yeah so i was playing that version and there's other versions floating around oh, okay the deck's also on 27 lands okay you're casting all the your garbage, your mana isn't total garbage because you have Interplanar Beacon, yeah. which fixes one mana of each color, of one mana, two mana of two, two different, different colors, colors for Planeswalkers. So it lets you play like Overgrown Tomb, uh, Woodland Cemetery, Interplanar Beacon, you get to cast three mana Teferi. Right. Or you have like no blue sources, but you get to cast your Tameo. Mm-hmm. So it really helps kind of like, it really brings the room together, if you will. Like you're playing 27 lands because you really want to hit your sixth land. You really need to hit your sixth land because everything's building towards you commanding. Bad double blocks Mm -hmm. where I'm just like, sure, like I will trade my two creatures for your one because I'm going to bring these back. Yeah, you're just preserving your life total and filling up your graveyard. Exactly. And you're just trying to hold on to get to Mm -hmm. your big command turn. So that, that that's kind of the, that was the the list everyone started with, yeah. and that's what I started playing on Wednesday night and Thursday. I jammed a bunch of best of one to kind of get a feel for it, and then Friday I was like, "All right, I'm gonna use this old cyborg guide here that Mister Shrasky put out. <laughs> so I'm gonna, nice of him. Gonna play me some best of three. Message of the group and said, "I am locked on this deck," and I just went an embarrassing one and four <laughs> and tumbled all the way down platinum. I have made mistakes, but I was like, "This is what I'm playing. This yeah. is what I'm doing." I brought other cards with me to like maybe make changes, <laughs> but I was like, "No, it can only go poorly when you're like changing your deck." Yeah, at the tournament. So, so there was that one, mm-hmm. and then there are other Command the Dreadhorde decks that are playing. More ambitious mana, perhaps, where they're playing Soren. Yeah. They go from being like command decks. I've seen them labeled like four color mid range. Yeah. So they like trim on little Teferis, they trim on big Teferis, uh, and they trim on command so they can play Soren and Hydroid Crisis. Okay. Hydroid Crisis lets you like catch up. The deck has a tendency to flood, mm-hmm. and your planeswalkers do get picked off. Yeah. 
and Hydra Crisis just gives you another way to catch back up. Yeah, it buffers your life total, refills your hand. Yeah. It's not great to command back. No. No, it's, <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. But you also get to... So this version of the deck is what Jim Davis played at the Open. Right. If you want more information, there's a deck tech on Star City. Monstership deal incoming, please. Um, yeah, I don't know if we're quite there yet. Come on, man. <laughs> I guess you got a dream, right? Yeah, you got you to gotta start putting it out there. So he played that version, and then there were two kind of interesting versions from the from the classic in the open. Mm-hmm. So on our way back, you took issue with the ambition in the mana base. It's not that I took issue with it, because I know you like you an ambitious mana base. Um, it's more that I was trying to come up with a list that I would play. And I typically don't like mana bases that are that ambitious. I like to be able to cast my spells. Now, you also put the caveat on here of, well, don't maybe listen to me, because maybe I'm just trying to not play white cards. Uh, this is also true. So, <laughs> fine. Samuel Lawrence apparently uh, heard this conversation, like, future past him heard our future conversation yeah. and played a Saltai list mm-hmm. that was on four crisis, cut all the white cards, Somehow it was. If you look at the the results, it's fourteenth, mm-hmm. and in the it, open, in the open, yeah. it's fourteenth in the open, and it's called four color command. And I went and looked at it, and I can't find. A, there's no fourth color. No, there is no. Fourth they just color. saw command the dread horde and was like, clearly there are four colors. Yeah. But he had like hostage takers as like ways to catch up, the crisis, and then the card that neither of us are super sure about is Nissa. Yeah. Um... I think we're both kind of in the same boat where we kind of feel Nissa might be a liability instead of like something that helps you turn the corner. Yeah, like Nissa with like a little Teferi out, you just get stone rained. Yeah. She's good. I I have lost games to her, but like it's you just turn out getting your lands managed. Yeah. And you're just like, oh no, this is so bad. Uh but then had Tamio and like Liliana was the other Planeswalker? Uh, no, this one was on nine Planeswalkers. Three Nyssa, four Tamiyo, two Vraska. Two Vraska, okay. Yeah, I'm not 100% sold on Nyssa. Like, yeah. it could be, you could talk me into that being Liliana or like yeah. a Liliana Ugin split. I would be 100% okay with that. He was on 26 lands. I put together a 26 land four color version uh, last night. That list was on 24 lands. Oh, he was on 24? Sam Lawrence, yeah, 14th at the open. Okay. 24 lands. Okay. And then in the classic, like I even like made a note of this, yeah. Thomas Roth, who finished ninth, I have written here, Madman with only 24 lands in his four-color deck. <laughs> Everyone else is on 26 or 27. Yeah. And I don't know how like he got away with casting his spells with 24. Yeah. And he would he cut lands for? Would he cut lands for Nyssa Parter? Narset Parter avails? Like a blue blue card in yeah. your like four color deck. Ouch. With with your fixing land only making one blue. Yeah, that's rough. I was like, I don't know how, but like more power to you, dog. Like these decks are real and they're fun. Like you get to do some ridiculous stuff. Mm-hmm. My round was it round four or round five opponent was on uh I think James's favorite name deck. Blue green yoink. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to shake the hand of the person that came up with that name. That's the best deck name I've heard in a long time. That deck is a blue green ramp deck. It plays sets all stallers as a boreal grazer, and basically it's trying to win the game with your deck. Yeah. So it's playing uh, 
I think four mass manipulations and like and entrancing melodies and three or four entrancing melodies. Nissa to ramp so you can cast your mass manipulation for all of it. Yeah, and one sweet sweet plane wide celebration. Ooh. And in our game two, I knew he had a plane wide celebration in his hand, and I duressed him and found him the gate, and then just like attacked, and then was like command the dread horde for like twenty. And I'll take all the planeswalkers out of your graveyards. And then, and he was like, yeah, you got it. Why don't you do that beforehand and like get my Nissa? I'm like, it didn't matter. Yeah. Like I wasn't like, if I didn't attack, if I got all, if I did that beforehand, would you been like, I'm going to ride this out at one? <laughs> like I just was like attack, whatever. Like sure. My sequencing was like 50th percentile there, it but it didn't matter. Uh, fun fact. Command the Dreadport at instant speed is ridiculous. Yeah. So you plus your Teferi playing against like Esper control. Mm-hmm. I learned this in testing. I like <laughs> I like played my Command the Dreadhorde and got back a bunch of stuff and my opponent didn't scoop and then cast Kaya's Wrath. So then the next time I plus my Teferi and on their end step put 40 power on the battlefield. Woo. Opponent didn't scoop. <laughs> I attacked. I was at 76 and they went to negative 40. Wow. And I was like. Good on you, opponent. Yeah. <laughs> Way to stick it out. Uh, yesterday when I was playing, I was playing as Esper Hero. And I forget, I had a Tamiyo out or something, and they attacked my Tamiyo with tokens from a, from uh, the Hero. Oh, or, Hero Precinct 1. Hero Precinct 1. And uh, Thief of Sanity. Okay. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to, like, give them cards. Uh, and I was like, wait a minute. I cast Command the Dreadhorde at instant speed, got back a Planeswalker, and a massacre girl. There you go. And instant speed in combat, <laughs> massacred their board, and then had a four four. Nice. It felt good. Yeah. It's like this is all right. Get used to this. <laughs> the deck sometimes is I've heard it described as like a mopey black green deck. Yeah. That if you don't draw like command or get dig to your command, the deck's kind of like doesn't do a whole lot. Eh. I think Hydra Crisis fixes that because mm-hmm. you just see so many lands off of your explore guys. Yeah. That uh, just something to do. A big just something thing. to do exactly. Narset is a problem. Yeah. But you have Raska to like clean up Narset, so you mm-hmm. can actually draw your cards off your Hydra Crisis. But no, the next fine. Like it's. I think right now, when I bought my Command the Dread Hordes the other day, they were thirty cents. Mm-hmm. So like this is, you can get in cheap on the ground floor. Yeah. Uh, and it, it'll be a fun deck, and it might. There's probably different versions of it. Yeah, I think there are. Right, there could be like a Jundi version where you play like Samut and combo kill people. Oh, hey, I like that. You Samut and get back uh, like a Sarkin. Yeah. Plus, now all the planeswalkers you got back are four four hasty dragons. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. And yeah, one of them's a one of them's a five six hasty dragon because you plus your uh, Samut that's on right. it. So. Uh, I'm in for this. When are we building this? Well, uh, the last deck we thought was super good and we built, I spent an hour from 2 to 3 o'clock in the morning just getting embarrassed. Yeah, that great. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Don't listen to us. I mean, no, listen, listen, listen to us. us but... <laughs> He's, you're not helping the brand here. <laughs> turn off the podcast now. Like, no, no, don't turn off yeah, the no, podcast. Don't, don't, do, don't that. do that. Don't do that. So that was, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. So those are the only things that like, struck my... My fancy. Everything else is just kind of the normal stuff that we've been seeing kind of week after week. Yeah. My uh, my last win, my round five win, was against a neat deck. It was a Citadel deck. 
something that we had talked about mm. like previous to the set coming out, but hadn't really seen any results out of. So it was kind of neat to see that like at the top tables. Yeah, um, with, with Black Green Citadel. Yeah, it was Black Green Citadel with Edward Sawtooth and Explore guys. And if you uh, want to see more, again plugging some people here, Seth, better known as Saffron Olive, played that uh, a week or two ago. Okay. And I think Matt Nass also streamed mm-hmm. it. Depending on the build, like if it had like path uh, discovery, it did. Yeah, that version that version just goes infinite and like draws the entire deck. Yeah. In a single turn. Yeah. Well, they cast a set at all, and then I killed them because I was on mono red. Yeah. Oh, they made it to turn six. Good job. Yeah. Good job, OP. Then, then they died. Yeah. Good job, OP. You made it to turn six. <laughs> Better than I've been unlocked. doing. <laughs> Played six mana. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing we want to talk about uh, that you kind of been pushing us to go back to are the challenger decks. Well, yeah, they were. Uh, it was one of our most popular episodes. Um, I think that's why a lot of you guys are still listening to us because you got here via the challenge decks, and we hadn't really touched back on them as to what cards to add since War came out. And I have seen, not from you guys because you haven't given us any feedback, but. Uh, at various points on the internet, I've seen a lot of people asking about what to do with their challenger decks now that war has come out. Uh, so I think we're just going to touch on them real quick. Yeah, there's there's some changes that are more obvious and mm-hmm. some that are not. What cards should people be looking to kind of squeeze into mono white from the new set? Mainly it's just two cards. Well, three cards, I guess, depending on like what build of the deck yeah. you're on. Uh, just a mono white deck. Law Mage Enforcer, the one mana, one two tapper. People are running that in the one drop slot. Some lists are running it over Snubhorn Sentry. Some lists are running it over Hunted Witness. It's kind of up to you. I kind of like Snubhorn Sentry. I'd probably cut the Hunted Witness. But that's one of the cards from the new set that people are playing. Uh, the other one is Gideon. Uh, no surprise, Gideon's good in mono white. It's kind of the obvious home for him anyway. And then there is also an Azorius build of the deck running around that runs Little Teferi. Yeah, and, and uh, Deputy of Detention. And Dovin's Veto. And Dovin's Veto, yep, out of the sideboard. They basically are on eight white sources, mm-hmm. uh, four Galatio Fortress, four Hollowed Fountains. Blue sources. Blue sources, got it. Yeah. Blue sources. And they're playing anywhere from two to four Little Teferis. Yep. I think that makes the deck a little bit less explosive. Uh, yeah, but it gives a little bit more staying power because yeah. you're not playing around removal on your turn. Yeah, and you get to like clear out a blocker and yeah. try to try to win that way. Yep, and refill. You know, before we kind of had like a price cap on it mm-hmm. of what you want to do, and like adding the blue mm-hmm. ends up just adding a adding a ton of cost to the deck. If you were trying to get into the challenger decks for like a a reasonably priced F and M kind of deck, mm-hmm. heck, I mean, you could probably still win an MCQ with mono white. Yeah, probably adding the blue is not what you want to do for the economical option. Right. Especially yeah. now since Little Teferi is like $12 or something. Yep. Yeah, uh, my second loss of this tournament was to Azorius Aggro. So basically mono white splashing blue. At like 4-1? Uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was going into round 6, so yeah, it was 4-1. Yeah, so that person was... 4-1. Went to 5-1. Yep. So, I mean, you can do well with it. Red is also kind of an easy... Yeah, I mean, thing. it's basically just Chandra, right? Yeah, so Chandra is uh, some number of experimental frenzies from the old list. Yeah, um, the deck that I've been playing, uh, last week I ran three Chandra's, one frenzy, 
I think Chandra is slightly less good with all the Planeswalkers running around and with all the Planeswalker hate running around. Um, I think Frenzy is better in that meta. So depending on what you think you're going to walk into, um, you can kind of tweak your numbers accordingly. I went into this tournament with a 2-2 split, 2 Chandra, 2 Frenzy in the main deck, and a third Frenzy in the board. Last week, I think I told you guys that I felt Chandra was one of the best cards in the deck. This weekend, I boarded her out almost every matchup. You have the, again, she's more of a slow, grindy card. Yeah. Experimental Frenzy is an explosive, like, win the game now kind of card. Mm -hmm. And, like, with decks like Four Color Command or, like, Jeskai Super Friends, mm -hmm. like, you're not going to beat those decks usually my experience uh, notwithstanding, on a longer game. Well, those decks can just ignore Chandra. Yeah. Like, they're not attacking it, so you're not going to get the Lava Axe off the back end of it, and you're giving them, you know, three or four turns to find an answer to it. Yeah, that's, I mean, you're not going to win a longer game yeah. with it. I mean, on Arena, I have, when Chandra is ready to alt, I've just bubbled it with a Dovin. Yeah. And you just say, okay, you can get your seven cards, I'll still be at 20. So, yeah, and with, like, Jeskai Super Friends being such a popular deck, there are going to be more Elder Spells. Mm -hmm. Like, part of Frenzy's appeal was it took a very specific answer that not every deck played. Right. And now, like, you're going to have more decks that are going to have, you know, Elder Spell. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess I'm just talking about Black decks, but, like, Elder Spell or, oh, gosh, uh, like, Veraskis Contempt, things that are yeah. just going to answer Planeswalkers incidentally mm -hmm. because they have to answer Planeswalkers. Yeah. This weekend in particular, I noticed a lot of the, I mean, it could just be anecdotal evidence with the Esper decks that I played against, but a lot of the lists were light on Mortifies. I think I only saw, had one Mortify cast against me. I had like one or two against my Esper control player, but I don't know if I saw any out of like Esper yeah. midrange. Yeah, so that's that's another reason to go towards Frenzy instead of uh, Chandra. Yeah. But again, this is a see which one you like more. Yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely like a week-to-week -week call. You're yeah, right. what do you expect to play, and like which yeah. one do you like more? Yeah. What what style of play do you like more? But just yeah. having them, I think that they bumped up to like $5, but they're not like yeah, exorbitantly expensive. I know we gave you kind of two builds of Is It when we talked about the Challenger decks. Yeah. We had a... Like a more traditional Drake's build, and then mm -hmm. we had a Phoenix build. So, Sahili kind of goes in both. Yeah. Both decks want to fill your graveyard up with instants and sorceries, and they're both trying to do that by casting them. Yes. And Sahili just kind of rewards you. Yeah, so I think most of the, the more Drakish builds, you know, there seems to be less of those now, would be cutting the small Drake mm -hmm. for Sahili, mm -hmm. or cutting some other number of things that maybe end up with, like, three Sahilis, three small Drakes, but keeping four Crackling Drakes, something like that. Yeah. But you still got to keep your spell count high yeah. to maximize both of those things. And then the Phoenix builds, which seem to be the more popular version of the deck, are like super lean on creatures. Mm -hmm. They're four Electromancers, four Phoenixes, and four Big Drakes. Yeah. Some lists are playing Sahili and some aren't. It mm -hmm. kind of depends. If, if you were looking at the list we kind of gave you that may have had small Drakes in it before, those would become Sahilis yeah. more than likely. And then the other spell that it's played now as Finale of Promise. Yeah, it's basically one mana, one card, and you get to bring all your Phoenixes back. Yeah, so it's Red Red X, and you get to cast an instant and a sorcery, casting co converter mana cost X or less yeah. from your graveyard. But since it says cast, mm -hmm. 
Phoenix counts, each counts the finale as one, yep. the instant you cast in the sorcery that you cast mm-hmm. to bring itself back. Warning, because of how Teferi is warded and how these, how finale of promise works, you don't get to cast the spells if there's a Teferi out because oh, you're yeah. casting them at instant speed. Yeah, that's awkward, huh? Yeah, so like, card's real bad if there's a little Teferi. Man, um, little Teferi's annoying. Super, super annoying. There's if you have the phoenixes, like that's kind of where people are going. Is usually like two finales and some number of Sahelis. And mm-hmm. I think like it just depends on how good you think Sahili is. Yep. And again, that's another one that like you need to just play with the numbers and see kind of what you're happy with. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember to put Finalia Promise into your sideboard if you're uh, playing against Little Fairy. Yes. Oh. Fun story, totally unrelated. Speaking of sideboards, for this MCQ, Logan and I were playing side by side, and he finished his game uh, before me and sideboarded and stuck his entire 15 card sideboard in my deck box. Ooh. And I like kind of like saw my deck box move and then finished my game when I opened my deck box and there were 15 cards in like pink sleeves. And I was like, Did you put your entire sideboard in my deck box? And he, I showed, he's like, oh my God. I said, I've never had anyone do that before. Yeah, that's an oopsie. Yeah, I mean, thankfully I knew him. Like, I wasn't just like, sweet, I guess I got two Lyris. Yeah. Like, this was a pretty sweet exchange. Let me just, like slowly walk away. Luckily, your opponent didn't call a judge over and say you got illegal cards in your sideboard. That's why I said, like, you're trying to get me DQ'd, yeah. like, to, like, make sure there's one less person in this tournament? Like, yeah. this is awful. Yeah, so that was, that was a first. Can't say I've ever heard of that happening before. So then for Golgari... Mm-hmm. Kind of like what we said when we talked about the deck initially. Yeah, that's really not a clear direction. Yeah, and so it makes it really hard to tell you what you should put in the deck mm-hmm. because there were so many directions that deck could go. Yeah. You could add Command the Dread Horde, like if you had like an Explore, like if you went with like more of that graveyard deck that we talked about. But the yeah. problem is, is kind of the, the engine for that deck is Tamio, yeah. which is going to again require you to get. Eight more lands. At least eight more lands to be able to cast it, which, again, is going to take the price of that deck through the roof. You could stay, like, green-black and just play, like, better stuff and play, like, Liliana. Mm -hmm. But, again, that's a $20 or $30 investment for Lilianas. Right. And, yeah, this was a hard one, so... Some number of Elder Spells is probably correct somewhere in the list. Yeah, Yeah, but there's, there's not a whole lot of easy like handholds to get a hold of and go like oh these are clearly cards right i mean you could try just command the dread horde in whatever version you're playing and just see like if you get to do silly stuff sometimes and that's Mm -hmm. like your jam like cool yeah i mean commands are cheap they're like 30 cents yeah um those are all like reasonable things to think about but yeah it was is really hard because the deck has no direction yeah like i don't want to just rattle off like here are the green planeswalkers here are the black like you you guys are smart. You, you have the you internet. You have the internet if you're listening to us. Yeah. That one was definitely uh, definitely tough and even tougher because both of the current iterations of this list are Sultai, not Golgari. So you're going to end up spending a bunch on lands and then like one of them is going to run Krasis. Both of them are probably going to run Krasis, which is another huge expense. The deck that you would build out of this deck doesn't look a whole lot like the deck you bought as a challenger deck. But again, if you have it, like cobble some stuff together. Yeah. You know, if again, if it's your play style, play it. Actually, you could probably it's probably pretty close to a Citadel list, right? Does it have the whole explore package in it? I think so. 
So yeah, if you had like Wild Growth Walkers, Perfect Branch Walkers, and Jade Light Rangers, if you had like the full set of those, like Citadels aren't su- are like four or five dollars. Yeah, I think they're like three or four bucks. Right. It's Wayward Swordtooths are cheap. Yeah, they're like four or five dollars as well. Yeah. They're not super bad. And then Path of Discovery, I'm assuming, is cheap. I would imagine. Yeah, that card didn't see any place. So. Right. Yes, yeah, so you could put something together that was like a Citadel list. Mm-hmm. And that fun. Yeah, that deck is can win games. Yeah, and a lot of times it just wins out of nowhere. Like you cast your six mana spell and then win. Yeah. So like it can win out of nowhere and is just a like a reasonable like mid-range deck mm-hmm. otherwise. So that's something to consider. I had a ton of that. So there you go. So you guys have some ideas of what you can do with it. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> if you figure something out, let us know. Yeah. At Casual Tripod on Twitter. Uh, yeah, Casual Tryhard MTG on Facebook and Casual Tryhard MTG at gmail.com. Yeah, we'll give you credit and steal your idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look what we came up to with uh, with our friend Bob or whatever. Or our boy Nick. (laughs) Yeah, Nick. Getting so many shout-outs. One email, and this could be you. (laughs) See, it's hard when you only have one piece of feedback. (laughs) You can drive this whole podcast, Nick. (laughs) What can we do for you next? Make some fake email addresses. Nick A, Nick B, (laughs) Nick C. Like, oh, man. So something that we talked about on the on the way back standard is kind of in a weird spot right now because every deck has like a must answer piece in it that if you don't just snowballs and takes over the whole game yeah and you and it's usually you have like one maybe two turns before it's too late yeah before it just doesn't matter what you do anymore yeah and they all seem to be very different like they demand different answers yes so it's not like one deck can answer everything the best decks in the format are playing two to three of all of these cards yeah and like i said they're they're so kind of different that it's not like you can just hard target something so we kind of broke it down by color in starting i guess white we have uh god eternal oketra usually this kind of card isn't good in standard right right i mean Lyra's been good. She's but been okay. Just okay. Yeah, well, realistically, well, she's just been okay. Like, she hasn't really seen main deck play. In a while. Yeah. Right? Usually, like, the five-mana big dumb creature that doesn't give you value when it enters the battlefield mm-hmm. usually isn't good enough for standard. But Oketra, if you get to untap with Oketra... You win. And the fact that Oketra comes back, like... How do you deal with an Oketra? There's no good way to deal with an Oketra, right? So it's like must answer threats and threat that is unanswerable. It's a, I don't think I had told you, I don't think I had told anybody this, but one of the reasons why I wanted to play Demir uh, for this past weekend was so I could run Kazmina's Transmutation with the sideboard. Oh, to transmutate. I think that is the only way to take care of the new gods. Just make him a 1-1. And then when it dies, it has no ability, so right. it just goes away. There you go. The tech, ladies and gentlemen. The tech. Didn't end up using it. Played mono red, but that's that's one of the reasons I was looking at Demir and Grixis, was because I wanted to run uh, Kazmina's Transmutation. Just frog him. So you have Oketra, which is untap and win the game. Mm-hmm. Like You have like a turn. The card is just insane with uh, Growth Chamber Guardian. Growth Chamber Guardian. I mean... Like, Lana War Elves, like, I have had multiple turn three Oketras played against me. And just like, I'm not in a position to deal with this. 
Well, I mean, with growth chamber guardian, it just gives you, like, even if you're hellbent by the time you stick your Oketra, you now have a constant stream of creatures to trigger Oketra. You're making two four fours a turn. Yeah, like you just insane. you just can't win. Blue, like kind of, it's it's a slower thing. Like you have more time, mm-hmm. but it search for as content. Yeah, like it just snowballs. The longer it stays out, the more selection they get. Yeah, and you know the more they get to get rid of their their answers that aren't important or not important in that matchup. Right, or cards that just aren't gonna line up. And then once it flips, them drawing two cards a turn. Well, drawing a card and then taking the one of the best of the top four, it's backbreaking. Yeah, you just can't. Yeah, you can't no ever win. win, right? So, like, there's just this ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. So, so we have a creature that is unkillable. unkillable and an enchantment that is just by nature of being an enchantment really hard to deal with, which turns into a land that's even harder to deal with. Yeah. So good times. Yeah. Then for red, I guess is there a black one? Um, there's only not a black card that like just snowballs that's just purely black so we're trying to break this up by color there's not yeah, one yeah I guess not yeah uh, we have no pack rats yeah thank god in red you have steamkin and frenzy it's kind of like a one-two punch with those guys right and again like the number the number of turn times that like your mono red opponent has steamkin on turn two and you look at your hand and you go like oh crap I don't have an answer, right? I have a functional hand, but I just, they're going to cast three spells next turn and then a fourth, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Lose is what you're going to do. Yeah, and it's if you don't answer this right now, the game more than likely ends. Yep. And then you have Frenzy, which again, enchantment, mm-hmm. right? To deal with. Right, so like it forces you to bring in, maybe bring in enchantment removal against a deck that only has like two to three enchantments yeah which like dilutes the rest of your deck yeah and i mean if you're taking the turn off to cast your piece of enchantment removal on their frenzy like that's almost the same as letting them go off with frenzy yeah green this one's a little a little less must answer mm-hmm. uh, but it is snowball eight times in this wild growth walker yeah. he needs help yeah but when he gets the help it just kind of runs away yeah he's nigh unbeatable even for like the esper decks like He's going to take a big chunk of life if they don't have an answer for it yep. and just give you uh, a cushion mm-hmm. against the other the other decks. Right. And then there's also, she doesn't get played as much, but Big Vivian. Yeah, Big Vivian too. Big Vivian is just like this this snowball. Yeah, it's a value engine that sticks around and... Answers stuff that it uh, it's, it's probably most vulnerable to, which is flyers. Right. And then if it sticks around long enough, it just wins the game. Yeah. The, the old version of a Planeswalker. Right. Then for the multicolored ones, uh, we just have the Teferis. Yeah, both of them. They're both super annoying, and they can go Teferi themselves. Yes. You also have uh, Little Teferi is an answer to some of these things. Yep. At least a temporary one is an answer to Frenzy. Yep. You can bounce a search mm-hmm. and buy yourself a little bit of time. Um, so Ketra's actually not bad. No, like make them spend five mana again. Yeah. It's fine. Like it's better than having like a three six and like two four fours and two more creatures. Yeah. And then Tamio. Mm-hmm. So why is Tamio must answer? Well, because she's kind of snowbally. She uh, ticks up to dig for whatever card you know they're looking for while filling up your graveyard, and then gets to nag and take the best card out of whatever they milled. It's an incredible value engine. It's like the reason the command the dread horde kind of works. Yeah. You need to dig for it. And when you cast your Dreadhorde and you bring back a Tameo, you can yeah. just downtick your Tameo and get another Dreadhorde. It's also the only reason anybody is still playing Nexus. 
Yeah. The, the card's just insane. And then my personal favorite. It's your personal favorite because it's the one that uh, whipped you the worst over this weekend. It's Thief of Sanity. The fact that it's three mana is kind of egregious. Yeah. Like, the fact that it has two toughness is the only thing that even makes it, like, a semi-reasonable card. Right. You can shock it. No, if that card, if Thief of Sanity hits you twice, the game's over. As for opponent that I lost to first, I probably boarded wrong. I didn't bring in my Crawl Harpooners, but I still had, like, all my Varaskas. I think, like, two cast downs for random creatures. Mm-hmm. And uh, they played a turn three Thief of Sanity. I dressed them three times in the first two turns. They had no cards, and they just played six cards off the top of my deck. Yeah. And I was like, huh. My deck's tuned to beat your deck, not beat my deck. And then uh, de-sideboarded. And when he de-sideboarded, I think he only had one Thief of Sanity in his board. Oh, that's the worst. I was like, oh my god. Like, I got just... And then my Esper Hero player played one turn three and... Um, won the game. What Won the game. <laughs> yeah, duh. Won, won the game. But it was just like... Milled, milled all my answers. Yeah. So, like, both my Crawl Harpooners, both my Cast Downs, and, like, my two Varaskas... All just went to the graveyard. Yeah. Or I think he cast one of my Vraskas. And I was just like, huh, you don't say. Okay. Yeah. Thief of Sanity just runs away with the game. Even if you get hit by it once, yeah. you just fall so far behind. Yeah, they're taking you know the best card out of the top of your deck. They get to pick. It's not like they're stuck with the land that was on top. It's, no, whatever the best card in your deck is, is what they end up with. Yeah. It's so, it's demoralizing. Yeah. But, like, so you have this, like, mix of, like, two and three mana creatures, Mm -hmm. and now Planeswalkers. Yeah. I mean, you could maybe arguably put Narset on this list. Yeah. I mean, she shuts down so much, you know, of, you know, so much value that you can get. Yeah. Depending on how you're trying to get it, yeah. Yeah. You have all these two and three mana cards that if you don't immediately answer them, you just lose the game. And it's, it's weird, because usually that's not how it is. Like, yeah. Anna Fenza being a white, green, black for a 4-4 was really good, mm-hmm. right? But, like, you could block it. Yeah. And it didn't, like, it gave value. Like, it put a plus one, plus one counter on your tapped cre- on a tapped creature. And randomly host graveyards. Yeah. But it wasn't like, oh, like, I can't ever win. And it was, like, super hard to cast. Yeah. To be like, if Anna Fenza was, like, one white, green yeah. And had flying. And you're like, oh, I, okay. Yeah. I guess I'm going to take four in the air each turn. But so you have this like mix of planeswalkers and enchantments and creatures. And most decks can maybe deal with two of the three types. Right. But they can't handle everything. Like at all. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm Grixis. I can kill every planeswalker and every creature. I'm just going to lose to Frenzy and search for his Kanta. Yeah. Oh, womp, womp. Uh, <laughs> Like, the only deck that can kind of cover everything is Esper, Mm -hmm. but they're covering most of it at a mana disadvantage. Right. Oh, I can Contempt your Teferi, but you already, like, bounced my search. And drew a card. And drew a card. Yeah. And now I'm going to... Paying an extra mana for it. Yeah, now I'm going to Contempt, and now you're going to be able to do something on your turn. And, like, the two life doesn't matter. Yeah. And so, like, that's the only deck that kind of has answers to everything. Mm-hmm. But then if you're playing any other kind of color combination, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, oh, I'm going to bring in Cinder Vines out of the sideboard and pay three mana to answer this. Well, I mean, that's part of the reason why there's so much mono red being represented at the top tables. Because, unfortunately, a good answer to things that you can't answer is, is deading them. them not matter. Like, just dead them before they matter. 
we kind of alluded to that in uh, like an earlier episode where we were talking about card advantage, where like red's kind of way to get card advantages to make your opponent dead with cards in their hand. Yeah. If you never cast them, then technically that's card advantage. Yes. So yeah, it, it, it's in a weird spot because there's just so many times you're like, I'm going to lose to this three mana card or I'm not going to be able to play the game until that thing is is gone. Mm-hmm. Just a thing to think about. If you can figure out a deck that kind of answers all of these, it doesn't really require me to play Kaya's Wrath. Let me know. Yeah. And not to become soulless. <laughs> I guess the only other thing that kind of answers everything, which is, again, why Esper's played so much, is Thought Erasure. Yeah. Like, Thought Erasure is just like, oh, I'm just going to take it and then hope you don't draw another one. Yeah. You yeah always kind of another reason to be on the uh, like the Demir train. Or that Esper Super Friends list, which was just Esper Control with a bunch of Planeswalkers. Yeah, I don't want to do that to myself. No, neither do I, really. I wanted to kind of circle back to something we talked about last week. Okay. Which was uh, the Watsi Communication Team. Yeah. Yeah. We got the... Uh, Mythic qualifier week, Mythic Championship qualifier weekend for the four thousand of us that uh, made Mythic over yep. two uh, two seasons. To be clear, this is the uh, the arena MCQ. Yeah, right? the arena MCQ. Yeah. Yep. And I think last week I had said like I had no idea when it was. Mm-hmm. Later that week, you didn't even see it. Like I tagged you in it, and, and like, Cameron did as well. Yeah. Right? Uh, they had tweeted out a correction yeah. to us to an article about the time you had to register, you had to like submit your deck for the MCQ weekend. No one could find the original article. Right. And the correction on like Wednesday was the first mention of when the tournament was that was out in the world. It's Saturday. It's this Saturday. Yeah. (laughs) The 25th. People were like, you have our email addresses. Why didn't you just email us? And so... Friday, eight days before the tournament, mm-hmm. they were like, hey, guess what's next Saturday? Yeah. Did you need more time to get off work or uh, <laughs> make plans? Sorry about that. Suck it. And it's like, oh, thanks, Wizards. Yeah. So yeah, not, um, not exactly the best communication. Yeah. And I think that I've, I've said this a few times to, to people around me, uh, like, get your popcorn ready for about... 10 o'clock Saturday night on Twitter. Oh, yeah. There's going to be fireworks. Yeah. So the tiebreaker situation Mm -hmm. that they laid out is a mess. Mm -hmm. And the first tiebreaker. So why don't we talk about tournament structure real quick? Structure the tournament from what I can gather. And uh, I'll try to take a picture of like the the Mm -hmm. screen when I go in. It seems like it's a regular Arena arena event where you're playing to get Eight wins before you get two losses. Before you get two losses, their goal is to have 128 people qualify for day two. Out of four thousand. Out of four thousand, and it's not clear to me. Well, I'm like 90 percent sure there's not going to be any kind of Swiss pairings. Right. So you're not going to be able to do like your regular like Swiss pairings math where there should be 15 people that are eight and zero or something. We did it real quick on Saturday. Yeah. So, like, arena events typically right now, if you don't know, are not typical Swiss pairings. They try to pair you based on, in the closed events, based on record and based on, like, where you are on the ladder. Right. They seem to be more recently skewed towards, like, where you are on the ladder. Mm -hmm. Because there was a time where, like, in drafts, like, you would see, like, Kenji or someone playing in Mythic playing, like a gold level player because mm-hmm. they were both 3-0 in their draft. Right. So they're not they're not gonna be like hard Swiss pairings, I don't think. Right. 
and you're going to like enter into the pairing system whenever you uh whenever you hit play right so they basically said it starts at nine you have to submit your deck between nine and ten so you have to get in between nine and ten eastern time. okay and then the tournament starts at ten unclear i might be able to submit my deck at nine and start hit play and start jamming <laughs> okay <laughs> or you may have to wait till 10. Now, let's say you're playing mono red. Yeah, we were talking about yeah. this on Saturday. There's 500 people on mono red. Right. Right. It's arena, 25% of the metagames. Mm-hmm. That's low. We're at like 12%, but 500 people are on mono red. 300 of them smush their opponent mm-hmm. and win in 10 to 15 minutes. Right. And then you have, you know, 500 Esper players that are all taking an hour to finish their matches. So... When the mono red players all leave, they all hit play. Right. They go to requeue. And who's they're one all, and oh? Yeah, they're all playing each other. They're all playing they're all playing mono red. Right. And then when the Esper player wins, yeah. maybe they just get stuck playing against all the Esper players that won. Yeah. Or like they're one oh and some mono red player jumped in at nine forty five. Sure. And well or ten forty five and one at eleven and now it's just weird. It's not yeah. Because it feels like they just are not, people are just going to hit play yeah, and no play the next game. Like they're a normal tournament. There, there are though. So they now have the they have the chess clock for Magic Online, right? But there's not like round one ends at eleven, right. round two starts at eleven oh one. It's whenever you're done, hit play and yeah. run again. And they I'm, encourage that too. Part of the um, like release that they had said, we want you to get in early. To make sure that you get all of your games in by 4 o'clock or whatever. You have to have started your last game by 4. Or your last match by 4. Yeah. So they're encouraging you to get in early and get all of your games done. And hit play. Because, like, you don't want to be in a situation where you were 6-0. Right. And only got to play, you know, 6 games because you didn't get to number 7. Right. Which, I mean, may disincentivize people from playing Esper. It might. So they now have the chess clock. Mm-hmm. And it's hidden. Apparently it's been running since the last update on everyone's best of three games. Okay. And apparently, I think it was like in the last five minutes you see the timer. Okay. So you have the normal rope and then you have the timer. So a game can take an hour. If you start at 10, exactly at 10, mm-hmm. right? And don't take a lunch break and don't pee, right? You could get four or you could get eight Esper matches in. Right. right, if they took an hour, right, that's scary. Yeah, right. Like, oh man, I took like a twenty-minute like lunch break. Yep, sorry. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to finish. So that's kind of the structure, which seems like it might be screwy. Yeah, it does not seem ideal for sure. So however this shakes out, you're gonna have. So you've got to get to eight mm-hmm. zero, uh, or whatever your record is. Right, eight zero seven two are probably gonna be who makes, or eight zero and seven two are probably gonna be who makes it. Yeah. Right. The first tiebreaker is your highest rank in Mythic mm-hmm. from, I think, those two seasons? I would guess, yeah. Right? So my highest rank was like 420, mm-hmm. pause for the cause, uh, <laughs> right? or something like that. If I am 8-0 and there are 400 other people, and there are 100 other people that are 8-0 or let's say 130, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that they were above me somewhere. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's wherever you were one time. Right, especially like we talked about this on the show also a couple episodes ago. There was no set like this is how you get to like number two hundred or whatever. It was like really spiky, right? Like yeah, you'd win a match and jump two hundred spots. I feel like somewhere in their like ranking algorithm, there is 
when your your most recent result mm -hmm. and like it decays over time because I had games where I would be like a thousand. Mm -hmm. I'd go for I'd win a game and go from a thousand to eight hundred, win a game and jump up to like four fifty. But you would also go in at like ninety seven percent and win like five of six mm -hmm. and be like eight hundred. And it's like this doesn't make any sense. But then you'd cut but if you got up high and then you would fall down overnight and you win like one or two games, you would jump right back up to what your high was. Yeah. It's like, it was like, oh, your most recent result was a win and it was five minutes ago, mm -hmm. you're back up here. Like, it seems like if there are a lot of people that were that were high mythic, yeah, right? You're going to have this like scrum mm -hmm. of all these people that are 8-0 and 7-1 that are going to get bumped mm -hmm. because their highest rank on mythic was... 500 right so you're gonna have a lot of angry twitter people that are gonna be like i was 7-1 and didn't make it like there's people that are gonna be are gonna get eight wins and not be 8-0 though is there a differentiation oh, yeah, between like i'm sorry yeah i guess there's 8-0 and 8-2 we can 8-1 i guess yes yeah so the tiebreaker system is yeah i guess 7-1 is a bad example it's 8-1 thinking of real tournaments the tiebreaker system is highest rank in mythic the next breaker is second highest rank in mythic yeah. well second highest rank mm -hmm. so if you are a mythic and then it's number in mythic then mythic so if you were unnumbered then diamond platinum whatever right yeah. in limited or constructed the tiebreaker after that is when you picked up your first loss mm -hmm. and the tiebreaker after that is when you picked up your second loss so other than like third tiebreaker or whatever there's no difference between somebody going eight and oh and eight and one yes which is weird right i mean like it's, you're giving everybody an extra free round essentially when it first came out they described it as get the maximum number of wins yeah. i was like what is this what is this maximum number so like if you go eight one and someone goes eight oh right i think eight eight oh takes priority over 8-1, I think. Did they say that somewhere? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't it feels like it, reading that. It might just be, you got to 8, and that's what matters. Yeah. Right? You hit 8. Yeah. That's all that matters. Now, if there are two 8, if there are two 8s, oh, God, you're right, that's awful. Yeah. Right? So if there are two 8s, right, if there's, you know, 400 people that end up 8-0 or 8-1, yeah. you could be an 8-0 and not make it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, because because the first tiebreaker is like the your third highest rank. Yeah, it's not till your third tiebreaker. Yeah, it's that's not till your, your third. Win. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. That's gonna be awful too. Like I was thinking of like well, you, you seven were trying to do like actual well, tournament, tournament math, but which... it's not actual. It's not an actual tournament. Yeah, yeah, around ten between ten and midnight. Oh yeah, Twitter's gonna explode. Yeah, because I think they said they were gonna send out the the email confirming how you got into the tournament for the next day. Yeah, like that evening, like that would suck. Yeah, right. You're like, yeah, I to did it. Eight oh it and then not make it. <laughs> yeah, because you couldn't get into a time machine and like grind more. Because maybe I could have hit two hundred. Right. But there was no reason for me to. Yeah, absolutely. It was just like be top thousand. Yeah. Done and done. Right. Last season I hit mythic which doesn't seem what's going to happen this year or this season. But last season I hit Mythic and was like, yeah, I don't really feel like trying to grind up into the numbers. Like mm -hmm. 
I thought I was going to be about it, and I just wasn't. So I was like, it's fine. Well, life gets in the way sometimes. Maybe I should have just been like, nope, I do nothing else. I've got to <laughs> hit like 100. I'm coming for you, John Rolfe, or whoever's there. I'm coming. No, no, it, it, it's weird. So like, there's yeah. nothing you can do about your, your breakers are set now. You, going into the tournament, you either have good breakers or bad breakers, which That's is just weird. weird. Right? Could you imagine showing up for your MCQ yeah. and then just being like, Color socks are you wearing? White. Bad breakers. Get out of my face. <laughs> you? I have some polka dot socks. Good breakers. And yeah. you're like, I wish I would have known that like my socks mattered. Right. And it's like, you didn't get that email we sent while you were driving here? No, I, I, I didn't see that. Well, yeah, sorry, sorry. About your luck, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, good job, Watsy. The tournament is a good idea. The execution is a dumpster fire, and it's going to be a PR nightmare. Yeah. And I don't think they can just add people to it. Like, they right. can't just be like, okay, fine, all the eight wins make it. Yeah. Right? There's <laughs> not going to be enough time to, like, do that. Yeah. Right? And you went from 128 people playing for 16 slots mm -hmm. in day two to 400 people playing for 16 slots. That right. also leads to a Twitter meltdown. Right. And, like, day two is Swiss, right? Unclear. They've not said what that tournament structure is. I mean, it has to be. Though. How? Like, you're, you're playing for a championship invite. Like, it has to be Swiss. You can't. Again, I ask you, how? I don't know. They don't have a way to do a tournament in the arena. What'd they do for the uh, Mythic Invitational? They had... You didn't you didn't see it when they did it? You would sit at your computer, mm -hmm. and some Watsy nerd would come out and have you they type... They do it through direct channel. They did. No. They made them direct challenged. What? They direct challenged. You can watch them... Make them direct challenge. You can see the pairing window up where it's your avatar versus what is objectively the coolest avatar in the game, which is just the hooded faceless guy. Yeah. And they would both be up and they would do one side and then the guy would walk over and type it in on the other side and be like, here's the name you need to type in. Oh, wow. They did it via direct challenge. You have 128 people. I guess it could be like four rounds single a limb. Yeah. Right, because that would get you to 64, 32, 16. So three-round single limb, yeah. which would be awful. You go into the little arena thing, and it's like three three circles, and like the last one's a little Planeswalker symbol, <laughs> and then one loss, one little diamond, and you're just like, oh, no. Yeah, but like that can't be worse than like going 8-0 and not making day two. True, true. It wouldn't be worse. I guess effectively it's like a top eight. Right? You just yeah. play, like, you play a top eight. Yeah. It's just there are, like, however many top eights happening simultaneously. Yeah. I guess 16 if I was good at math. So it would be like a, uh, like what they used to do for PTQs at GPs, where they did pods. Yeah, you would do the pod, the and then you would... The pod was in top eight. Yeah, but now, like, you would, instead of, like, a pod that you played five, it's a yeah. pod that you played three. And then that's the person who gets the invite. Mm -hmm. I mean, that might be how it works, but they haven't, they have not. They haven't said anything. They haven't said how that's going to work. Great. If I go 8-0, expect a tweeted picture <laughs> and then expect me to be angry when I don't make day two because I was 420 or whatever. So um, I'm still on the, what the hell do I play? We're probably on like four color command and hope. Uh, yeah, four color command or three color command? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I kind of, I'll mess with the three-color command list. You like the Soren though? I like, the Soren seemed good. 
Like the Soren gave you a way to. Is that, I mean, your, is that your only way to Soren? Or are you still on Teferi? This uh, little Teferi, yeah. and I uh, last night I haven't had a chance to play it. I cut the big Teferi for mm-hmm. an Ugin. Okay, I like that. One, I don't own any little uh, big Teferis in real life. No, I do. And uh, two, I uh, just wanted to try Ugin. Because mm-hmm. uh, like Ugin, Ugin is kind of like Big Teferi. Yep. It it draws you cards in the form of making tutus. Well, it draws you cards when it pluses, which is important. Which is kind of what Teferi does. Yep. But it, it casts them as tutus. Right. And it gets rid of a threat when it minuses. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing it's probably worse against than Teferi is another Ugin. Right. And uh, rekindling phoenix because it destroys. Yeah, does it just tuck it? I think it's probably the only two things that it's like objectively worse than big teferi, mm-hmm. but it's better against like kill your thing. You don't have to worry about it. And they both go to one when you down tick. Right. It costs one more mana, but it's colorless. It's colorless. Yeah, I don't have to worry as much about my garbo mana base. I'm gonna probably be there. Hopefully, not go the hot O two. Yeah, let's hope not. Yeah. I have some yard work planned if I do, like <laughs> punishment labor. Uh, yeah, that's uh, not the ideal backup plan. No, no. It's definitely not the Carowinds bracket. No, no, we don't end up going to Carowinds. You end up, I'm, I don't want to be, I'm going to be in the Home Depot bracket. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, well, I guess, I guess we're going to go buy some tools and dig some holes. This is going to be great. Like, I got to win. You need motivation, right? That's right. You need motivation. Wins so you don't have to plant shrubbery. Exactly. Or dig up shrubbery or whatever <laughs> we want to do. Arena data. So what I've taken to doing is I test decks in best of one, just to, again, get a sense of it. And so I started messing with the four-color command deck. I ended up playing 54 games of ranked best of one last week. Mm -hmm. Again, it's hard just because, like, if you play, like, on Monday and Wednesday, the new hotness happens Wednesday night after you go to bed because you're up or something, Right. right? And then Thursday and Friday are a whole different world. But... That doesn't really change what the most played deck is. Right, and what's that? It's a cool twenty-five percent mono red. Surprise, surprise. So if you look at the if you look at the chart, there's a quarter of it is a great big red wedge, and then there's thirteen percent off meta. And I had like rolled out the more popular off meta decks. Yeah. Um, from last week, and then it's a bunch of stuff that's like under seven percent. There's like six decks that are kind of making up the rest of it you're gonna play mono red or grab bag i guess you build your deck to beat mono red and not fold to grab bag (laughs) sure but it's hard like like this command deck there's a half of your deck that's really seemingly really good against mono red like Mm -hmm. wild growth walker into friend right but if you don't draw wild growth walker into friend you're just done so i mean that might be a reason to not play command is all these people that have qualified for this play arena they all probably play a lot of mono red on arena now is this best of three meta you were talking about or best of one meta this is best of one because the tournament's best of three right? the tournament is best of three but i still assume that like people are going to jam their like mono red deck oh i'm sure there's going to be mono red but i think people are more incentivized to play mono red in best of one than this is true three. this is true yeah but i wish that i could like come in one day and be like hey Things are different. Mm-hmm. That has not happened. Maybe September. Maybe September, when like all the Dominaria cards that are this the core of this deck, because there's there's no replacement. No, you lose Lava Runner, Pyromancer, Chain Whirler, Wizards Lightning, Fanatical Firebrand from Player Brand. Yeah, 
lightning strike and no, there's a lightning strike. Yeah, lightning strike. No, I guess M nineteen leaves too. Yeah. So the, yeah, there's a lightning strike in Ixalan and M nineteen. I think so. Yeah. And shock. And shock. Right. You lose that entire deck. Now they've had some issues printing overpowered red three drops. Mm-hmm. Now I mean, in like Legion Warboss and Cranko could. It's a different deck. Though. Right. It's a way different deck. Maybe at some point I'll come in here and be like, "Hey, like the most played deck is like this mid range deck where you make decisions." Perfect. Sign me up. <laughs> Great. As opposed to, yeah, you made a decision to sit down, and then the <laughs> decisions mattered after that. And then Arena made all the decisions for you. Yeah. And would you? Would you like to? Uh, oh, I counted to zero. Would you? <laughs> we will be moving on now. Yeah. Like this was fun mm-hmm. when we started in December, and it was like, yeah. oh, look at all these cool different decks, and look what's happening. Yeah. And then red. Yeah. All the cream rose to the top, and it was all red. And it was all red. Red cream. <laughs> Strawberry ice creamer. Strawberry ice creamer. I know what that is. I know strawberry ice cream. I know creamer. Strawberry ice creamer. Strawberry ice cream isn't liquid. It wouldn't rot. Whatever. You know what I was talking about. If you made it to the end of the podcast, you got that. So congratulations. Bonus for you. There you go. Bonus content. Nutrition hour. Like strawberry creamer, right? Like for coffee, that'd just be gross. I'm assuming they do. Some of the shit that Nick drinks: blueberry, <laughs> hazelnut, Dunkin' Donut, two pump, whatever. I don't know. Come outside and it's like, it smells like blueberries. Did you spill your coffee? <laughs> I did. <Yeah. laughs> this is an email, Nick. This is another Nick. Email yeah. Nick drinks good, high quality <laughs> coffees. We're assuming. We're assuming. Probably from Tim Hortons because he's in Canada. We're going to like accidentally dox Nick. <laughs> so. Sorry. We love you, buddy. Uh, okay. In with that before we dox a listener. Uh, <laughs> that uh, that should wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, reach out on Twitter at Casual Tripod. Yep. Uh, Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. And email us at Casual Tryhard MTG at gmail.com. And with that, we'll catch you later. Yep. We'll catch you up now. Boom, that's what she said.